0: And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash film. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to SlashFilm Daily for April 30th, 2018. On today's show, we're going to explore a bunch of news stories surrounding Avengers, Infinity War, and Movie Pass, And we will be playing for you my interview with Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige, uh, recorded last week before uh, seeing the movie. I think you'll be interested in that. It has a lot of stuff on the first 10 years of the Marvel uh, Studios films. This is Slash Home Editor-in-Chief Peter Serrata, and joining me on today's podcast is Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? Writer Switran Bowie.
2: Hey, everyone.
1: And Chris Evangelista. Hello. And HT is back from the Tribeca Film Festival. HT, how was it?
2: It was a lot of fun. I saw uh, a handful of movies, about 10 movies total, and it was kind of a mixed bag, but uh, I... Really enjoyed uh, several directorial debuts that uh, surprised me. Like Karen Gillan uh, had her directorial debut with *The Party's Just Beginning*, uh, and uh, it was it was very impressive. Uh, speaking of Karen Gillan, we'll be talking a bit about the Avengers today because uh, it's the, the <laughs> aftermath of Avengers Avengers Week.
1: Yeah, our whole um it seems like news all all the all the people want to talk about and want to read about is Avengers Infinity War. So if if you're not interested in Avengers Infinity War, you could probably tune out now. But we we have a lot of uh, interesting things coming up. Let's jump into the news and let's start off with uh the opening weekend. As we were approaching the opening weekend of uh Avengers Infinity War, people were saying that the the early projections were that it was not going to beat Star Wars The Force Awakens has become the biggest movie of all time, but it seems like it has. HT, tell us about it.
2: So, Avengers Infinity War has shattered box office records for the all-time opening weekend. So, Avengers Infinity War raked in $630 million worldwide, uh, besting Fate of the Furious for the worldwide uh, record, of which previously was $541.9 million, And definitely beating out Star Wars The Force Awakens for the biggest domestic opening in history. Uh, Force Awakens previously had it at 248 million, whereas the Infinity War came in with 258. So it's beaten records all over the place and uh, may yet beat Force Awakens all time uh, total d- total domestic run. Uh, and as of now, Uh, Infinity War has already surpassed the total domestic runs of six Marvel films, including The Incredible Hulk, Captain America, The First Avenger, Ant-Man, Thor, Thor, The Dark World, and Doctor Strange. And as of um, the reports from this weekend, it was just shy of Captain America's uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier's 259 million. But as Monday's numbers come in, we may expect uh, that Captain America sequel to be added to the list as well.
1: Now, what, what do you guys think? Coming off of Infinity War, do you think more people are going to see Ant Man and the Wasp th- than saw uh, <laughs> Ant- the original Ant Man? Or to, like, are people going to see this movie and see the the advertising? You know, we haven't really seen the you know the main marketing campaign for it kick in. I think that kicks in starting tomorrow. Uh, but do you think when people realize this is kind of unrelated? to Infinity War, you know, it's going to be uh, more of the same box office, more like, uh, you know, in the lower 100s. Uh, H.C., what do you think?
2: I don't think it will meet anything near what we've seen for Infinity War or definitely not even for Black Panther. Just because, yeah, like you were saying, Ant-Man is completely unrelated to Infinity War and the ending Infinity War was such a cliffhanger that people are only going to want to find out what happens next, not what's happening In the meanwhile,
1: but Ben, could people be turning to Ant-Man and the Wash not knowing that this is unrelated, and uh, you know, looking for answers?
0: That's definitely possible. I've also seen um, a lot of speculation online or not necessarily speculation, but but just chatter, I guess, online of people talking about how they're actually looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp as sort of like an after dinner mint kind of thing after (laughs) Infinity War, where it's like they know it's going to be sort of a nice palate cleanser instead of uh, something with such epic stakes. So I don't know. I I mean, I agree with HT. There's no way that's going to translate into Huge box office. I think it's going to be more in line with, you know, something like the first Ant-Man. But um, but yeah, I, I I don't know how much the being tricked into think thinking that this is a, a true Infinity War sequel element is really going to factor in here.
1: You know, while we're talking about box office, we may as well talk about MoviePass because we are the quote-unquote official podcast of MoviePass, not. (laughs) Um, uh, There's been some changes uh, right before Infinity War hit theaters, which I think some of these are related. Uh, Ben, tell us about the first of these changes.
0: Yeah, so MoviePass, as most people know, has been really blowing up over the past six months or whatever it's been because they have offered subscribers the chance to see one movie per day in theaters for a monthly cost of $9.95. And now it seems like uh, things are changing on MoviePass's end. So in a a recent interview with a Hollywood reporter at CinemaCon, uh, the CEO of MoviePass, Mitch Lowe, was asked if the company will ever offer the one movie a day option again. And he said, I don't know. So this option has now been removed for new subscribers obviously if you've already signed up for that you've sort of been grandfathered in but in terms of new subscribers uh, on april 13th movie pass instituted this new promotion in which people can only see uh four movies a month instead of one movie per day. But they also get the iHeartRadio all-access package, which... Which, which costs, we all
1: want, right? We, right, we all yes. need that.
0: <laughs> yes, a vital piece of entertainment right there. Uh, but yeah, so uh, MoviePass uh, CEO, Mitch Lowe, said, we just always try different things. Every time we try a new promotion, we never put a deadline on it. We reached out to MoviePass and got a comment. He, I guess the, the CEO was on a plane at the time, but the company's publicist said... I can tell you that the Hollywood Reporter story is accurate. We're continually testing various promotions with different partners, and the current iHeartRadio deal is consistent with that approach. So uh, it seems like this the movie one movie a day deal, which was part of what made MoviePass so attractive to so many people in the first place, is really um, being taken off the table. And it's not clear whether or not that's ever going to come back.
1: Now, this is interesting because I feel like when people signed up for MoviePass, they're like, oh, I'm going to see so many movies in the theater with this. I'm going to see 30 movies, one movie a day, and I feel like most people end up seeing like less than one movie a week. I know I uh, you know, probably use my MoviePass to see like two to four movies a month, um, which might be more than most, uh, but I'm still making my money back because a movie in LA is like 15 bucks and the MoviePass, I'm paying, what, 9.99. Uh, dollars Do you guys... It, would this deter deter you from signing up for Movie Pass if if you only got four movies a month, Ben?
0: Uh, I mean, I have not signed up for it, but I guess I I feel like I'm in a a weird bracket here because I get to see so many press screenings. Uh, I mean, if I was just a a quote unquote normal person, like a a listener to this podcast, for example, I would definitely have already signed up for MoviePass by now. Um, Talking about the numbers, though, it's sort of interesting. The Hollywood Reporter ran some numbers and um, they said that this new Offering, I guess, is whatever you want to call it, is only going to affect 12% of its users because 88% of MoviePass subscribers already only see two movies a month or less. So, yeah, you're right, Peter. I mean, it really isn't going pr- it, to, it's not like all of the MoviePass subscribers out there are going to see one movie per day. They're not fully taking advantage of that offer, but still, you know, from a marketing perspective and like a, uh, trying to lure in new users, that's a pretty sexy option, saying you get to see one movie a day uh, per month for nine ninety-nine, 99 but now they're sort of taking
1: that off the table. Chris, how about you?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a member of MoviePass, and now that I know that, now that I know this, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to join it, just because, <laughs> I mean, uh, again, like Ben said, I too uh, you know, go to press screenings a lot, but you know, I mean, the less things... This has to offer the less enticing it is to sign up. HT, you are a movie pass
1: subscriber. Does does this scare you away?
2: Um, it doesn't scare me away, but I think it would scare away new subscribers because the one movie a day uh promotion was essentially what made me sign on. It was really like like Ben said, sexy uh option. I was gonna go with juicy, but then sexy (laughs) is such a great adjective. Um so (laughs) Uh, I don't think it will scare me away as of yet because it's still a good deal. And I think as of now, I probably see the same amount of movies as you, like two to four movies a month. But it was just nice to know that I could see a movie yeah. a day. And, uh, for example, if I like wanted to you know just see a movie randomly during the weekday, that was a really nice option, even though I only did that like once when I first got it. Yeah, but yeah, it's it seems like there are this might lose them some of their precious subscribers that they've been sort of growing steadily ever since um, last year.
1: Yeah, and it, it seems like they've put some some more restrictions on the MoviePass, which you wrote about for the site. Uh, what do we know?
2: Yes. So uh, in addition to potentially removing a popular feature, MoviePass will be bringing back an unpopular feature from before they dropped their prices to ten dollars a month model that we know now so um an old feature of the ticket buying service was that after every time you um checked in and bought a ticket uh through movie pass you'd have to take a picture of your ticket stub and upload it to the app and that adds like an extra step to it but uh It used to be very unpopular because the app was a little glitchy and the photo would often take a long time to upload or wouldn't upload at all. Uh, But now MoviePass is rolling out some beta testing for it, essentially um, putting it out to like a majority of their subscribers. We don't really know how many uh, and uh, essentially saying if you don't um, participate in this picture taking part of the process, then um, you your your account will be terminated, which is very, very finite <laughs> sort of language. It's kind of it's very intimidating. Um, I actually have not received this feature yet. I thought I would because um, I hadn't used my movie pass in a while and loaded it up again. But I still was able to purchase a movie ticket this weekend without having to take a picture. Uh, but, although I know both my parents who have who are on movie pass have had to use this um, photo option, which confused them quite a bit. Uh, and um, yeah, it's uh, it seems like it's um, also another an added option that MoviePass is kind of rolling in is that you can only see a movie once. So this isn't a testing phase. This is a, an overall feature that they're instituting in that if you try to see a movie again at the theater, it will not allow you to check in or buy a ticket for it because you've already seen it through the app.
1: Yeah, no, I I saw this pop up over the weekend, uh, probably right before Infinity War, which I think is no coincidence that mm-hmm. they institute a feature right before, you know, the biggest movie of the summer hits theaters, basically telling you, you know, before you could see the movie once a day for 30 days if you wanted to. And uh, now, you know, once you've seen Infinity War in the theater, uh, I'm looking at my app right now and it, it has all my screenings uh, blurred out says you've already seen this movie and doesn't allow me to to choose any of them so that's that's kind of interesting and I think that's probably uh them uh anticipating the summer movie season and uh Infinity War in particular uh so that's kind of interesting uh, it'll be interesting to see I keep on saying interesting too many interestings uh yeah. but it but I'm 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 wondering how this will affect uh you know people who have signed up because a lot of people I, I think like you HT you signed up for like a year or something right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I did
2: the year long one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's like people signed up for this for a year thinking that they would get to see, you know, movies multiple times and, you know, without all these restrictions. Uh, and now it seems like movie is adding these restrictions, which I'm sure in their uh, in their rules and disclaimers and stuff probably allows them to. But it's just kind of a uh, it's kind of shitty. But uh, let's move on to some spoiler stuff for Avengers Infinity War. So if you have not seen the movie, uh, I would say, you know, pause this, come back to it after you've seen it. Uh, don't be like our friend Bianca who listened to our spoiler, spoiler-filled episode on Friday without having seen the movie because that is – I can't believe that someone would do that. <laughs> um, and admit it. And admit it. Bianco, what are you doing? Um, Okay, anyways, uh, let's move on to some spoiler stuff. Um, uh, There is uh, a major character from the MCU that was recast for Infinity War, and uh, you saw him on the screen. Chris, you wrote about it for the site. What do we
3: know? Oh, yeah, so midway through uh, Infinity War, um, Thanos and Gamora, they go to retrieve the Soul Stone, and it turns out the person... Uh, guarding the Soul Stone is the Red Skull from Captain America, the first Avenger. And I remember when I was watching the film, I was very surprised about this because for one, I hadn't heard the character was going to be in the film. And for another, I was wondering if it was uh, actor Hugo Weaving who played uh, the Red Skull in the first Avenger Uh, specifically because I remembered that Hugo Weaving has gone on record as saying he really did not want to come back for more Marvel movies. He's, he's pretty much done with them. And it uh, turns out it's definitely not him. It's uh, an actor named Ross Marquand. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, but he's appeared on the walking dead and he played that character in a brief cameo. Um, And I guess it makes sense because, you know, the character's face isn't very uh, clear, so you can probably get anyone to play him. But I did really think for a brief moment that maybe they had gotten Hugo Weaving back. But no, the answer is they did not. (laughs) Um, We talked about a, a little bit about this on Friday,
1: speculating on if this appearance from Red Skull is maybe a setup for, you know, something in Avengers 4. Chris, what do you think? Do you think this is just like a fun thing to have since, you know... You know, he was the holder of the Cosmic Cube. Or do you think this is a setup for something more?
3: Uh, it definitely could be. I could see it going both ways. I could see it being a quick throwaway thing. But I I could also see it being, you know, they already have the character back now. Why not give him more to do? Um, so I, I think it's like a 50-50 thing. It could go either way. Um, let's move on to another cameo of sorts.
1: And that is a, a character from Arrested Development. Appears in Avengers Infinity War. Ben, you wrote this up for the site. Where can we find a character from Arrested Development?
0: Yes, so in the scene in which uh, Gamora and Star-Lord, Drax, and Mantis uh, confront Thanos on nowhere, they are at the Collector's Museum. And in the background, uh, in the Collector's Collection, apparently in one of the cages, you can see who is supposed to be tobias funke from arrested development so uh for those who don't know the russo brothers anthony and joe russo the directors of this film uh directed the pilot of arrested development and a handful of episodes of that uh, comedy show back when it was on fox and uh tobias funke is the the character who is played by david cross on the show uh he is painted completely blue that's a, a Plot point in Arrested Development. So he looks sort of like an alien. And I guess that's how they were able to sort of blend him into the background of uh, Avengers Infinity War. I actually did not see him. I didn't notice this cameo the first time I saw it. I'm gonna have to keep my eyes peeled when I go back and then check it out again. Did any of you happen to see this in the background?
1: I I did not see it, but I did notice at the end of the credits for Avengers Infinity War, like, in the the section where it, like, thanks people, it was, like, thanks to who owns uh, Arrested Development, whatever network, uh, for a character from Arrested Development. I was
3: like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So
2: I I read the story before I went in to see Infinity War, and I actually had my eyes peeled for him, but it must have been such a short blink-and-you'll-miss-it moment because I completely did not see him.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. So
3: it's sort of interesting. Chris, did you notice him? I did not. And I actually I remembered seeing that photo months ago. And I think at the time I and most other people assumed it was maybe like a deleted scene from Guardians 2 or something like that. But I definitely did not catch it in in Infinity War. Yeah. The the thing
0: about this that I really kind of love is that as everyone, we're in spoiler territory here, so I can say this, but as that part in the movie that I'm talking about, the characters show up on Nowhere, and it's revealed that what they're actually seeing is a a projection from Thanos, who's using the reality stone to alter their perceptions of what's going on. So, once the curtain is pulled back, so to speak, we realize that the collector's museum has been completely destroyed and it looked empty to my recollection. Again, I'm gonna have to watch this again, but I love the idea that if, uh, Tobias Finke only shows up in the projection, then that means that Thanos himself is an arrested development fan because there's (laughs) no other explanation for that.
1: I mean, he could actually be a thing in the collection or I mean, you're right. It, it could, could mean that like Thanos did seem to know who Tony Stark was right when when Stark <laughs> got brought up. So maybe he's watching some some Earth, some terrestrial television. He's uh,
0: binging from his throne in space. Yes.
1: Uh, let's move on to our last news story, and that is that Avengers for uh, the title. We still don't know what it is, but we're getting a couple hints about what it could be. H.T., what do we know?
2: So the Avengers 4 title has not officially been revealed yet and probably won't be officially revealed until well into 2019, uh, the year that Avengers 4 does come out. But Joe and Anthony Rousseau, the directors of Infinity War and of Avengers 4, have given us a little hint at uh, the title for it, uh, saying that we do have a name for it, we're just not announcing it. I think we came to that name fairly early in the development process. It speaks to the heart of the story. So whatever the heart of the story is, you can theorize and speculate all you want, and that will be the title of Avengers 4. Um, and uh, it has it has been kept under a tight lid for the majority of this process. And uh, we've heard some hints as well from uh, the screenwriters, Marcus McFeely, who didn't really talk to the title of Avengers 4, but said that it would be... Bigger and better than anything you, we saw in Infinity War.
1: HG, do you have any guesses?
2: Well, this is a spoiler territory, so I'm going to say yeah. Avengers: The Leftovers. The lefto- <laughs> Yeah,
1: I actually Obviously. made that. I actually <laughs> made that joke on uh, on Friday because that <laughs> that end credit scene is so reminiscent of that opening from The Leftovers. Um,
2: and then there's the Carrie Coon casting, and also you know the the whole premise of The Leftovers is the ending of Avengers: Infinity War, so it was like. Ah, uh, I feel it's, like they definitely cast Carrie Coon for a reason for that.
1: It, it's funny. Everybody on Earth is like, you know, the, the God fearing people believe that it's the rapture. But no, it was Thanos. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, maybe.
2: <laughs> this is the prequel to The Leftovers. They're going to bring Damon Lindelof on to uh, help with, infin- with Avengers 4.
1: And for our future presentation, I'm going to play for you my interview with Marvel Studios head, Kevin Feige. I recorded this last week before I got to see Avengers Infinity War, so there's, there's no real spoilers in here, but I think uh, Kevin talking about the first 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what led up to this is, is pretty interesting, and I think you'll get a kick out of it. How's it going? Good. How are you? Very good. Now, this has been a long, wild ride, this yes. whole thing. Are you talking about the junket today, or are you talking no, 10, the ten years? Years. AFC? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, because uh, just watching your, I mean, that's started the breakout in... shirt you've got on. That's yeah,
4: awesome. yeah.
1: But just like you know, I was there at the Comic Con the first year and watching this whole thing happen. Which is...
4: one in two thousand six? Or or with Iron Man? You know, when the, the footage, the footage yeah, yeah. Uh, So,
1: seven. So seven. I wasn't there in six. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of looking back at these first ten years. Uh, I I realize you're not going to be able to say anything about Infinity War, so uh, yeah. I thought. Um, instead I would uh, I would ask you questions you can't answer like great what is the end of Avengers for?" well that I can definitely talk about <laughs> okay now uh, looking back at the last 10 years um, I wanted to ask you kind of a hard question if, if you can answer it is uh, it's been very successful but what what about it would you have changed if you could a lot of people ask me that today oh, for really? some reason and
4: uh, and the answer is uh in terms of, we could sit down and watch any movie we've made together and I'll, and I'll cringe at certain things and I'll go, oh my God, that, oh, I can't believe we did that or look at I wish we had done this instead or that instead. That's the minutia level. Um, and we, I don't envision us doing special editions to change any of those things or anything like that. Um, uh, but that's just the nature of, of you know, working on something for so long and then at a certain point you just have to send it out into the world. In terms of big picture, and looking at this Infinity War poster and all these cast members and all their costumes and all their looks and all their storylines that have brought us to this point, and uh, I'm unbelievably proud of all of them, every single one of them. So I think in big picture ways, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't um, change anything. There's a costume here or there, or a look of a character, I, I go back and, and uh, look at... Um, Chris Hemsworth's eyebrows that we dyed blonde in the first (laughs) Thor movie and go, what the hell? Why did we do that? Um, uh, So, but for the most part, for the most part, it's been, I I look back and go, I can't believe that everything we pitched actors, everything we sat down and talked to, uh, talked to actors about in a room at one point about sitting with Sebastian Stan, who had auditioned for Steve Rogers, but who we met with and, and thought, would you like to play Bucky Barnes? And by the way, in this movie, you know you're you're his friend who who uh, who um, dies. someday you could come back as this guy with a metal arm, yeah. <laughs> the Winter Soldier. And uh, it seemed like a pipe dream, and it seemed like I'm sure he sat there like, okay, producers promising the world just to do a just to do a job. And I and I Sebastian on the stage today and him looking cool in that poster. <clears throat> We did it. Talking to Paul Bettany, doing the voice of Jarvis, and now he's yeah. he's he's Vision. It's incredible. My first meeting with Benedict, where he brought up the potential of Doctor Strange, and now not only did he have his own uh, uh, beloved movie, but he's he's such a big part of this. It is uh, it's it's remarkable that uh, that uh, we've come we've come this far, and and Robert Downey at the center of it
1: all. Um, you know the interesting thing about that. I know that this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Iron Man and Robert Downey and John Favreau uh, and John Favreau. Yeah. But watching, rewatching the films, it seems evident to me that Captain America, Steve Rogers, is more of the central character of this whole first phase, or at least the Avengers films. It mm-hmm. really ties it together. Um, it almost seems like if I were going to go go back, I would have made. Captain America, the first. Oh, the first one. Yeah, I mean, it probably wouldn't have been as successful, right, but, but right. just like uh, story-wise, it was always.
4: It was. Uh, I think it's worked out the way it should have. And, and, and Iron Man was was first because Tony Stark has such a great story, yeah. and it was unique in uh, uh, the notion that he didn't have superpowers. He built this suit. It was. It felt
1: like it felt like a great entry point into the world to us. Yeah. Um, you know now that we're 10 years in I'm wondering you know when is your contract up with Marvel and Disney
4: Uh, it's it's coming up I I don't necessarily know but it's uh, it it was a long contract it's coming it's coming up I'm going to have to deal with it at some point soon I think this year do you have
1: aspirations beyond Marvel and like producing or becoming a studio head or something
4: I love making (laughs) movies I love making movies I love being part of movies I love having um, a, a large uh, a say in the way the movies are, are made. Um, and and, and that's, that's what I want to keep doing.
1: Um, in the comic books, Infinity Gauntlet has a huge amount of power. Like, literally. Infinity you can, Gauntlet, has, yeah. Yeah, he can snap and right, right. destroy all right. the galaxies. In this movie, um, I mean, I, we haven't seen it yet, but uh, can you talk about uh, kind of managing that overpowered like device like is it brought down a little bit or like do you know what I mean like how do you manage something that is like the, all that powerful and you know one flip of a switch
4: uh you'll see I mean it's uh it's extremely powerful how he wields that power how many of the stones he gets to keep keep uh growing the power is uh uh what remains to be seen but he's very he is uh in our film he is driven to a single purpose and he is uh, he wants to do everything he can to get to that uh, purpose everything to fulfill that to fulfill that purpose
1: yeah er, everything we've seen thus far seems to be leading to this point to this event Um, I'm wondering when in the process did you come up with the idea of let's do Infinity War was it when Josh suggested let's put Thanos at the end of Avengers or was it Later on, like, how did that happen? It was an evolution. It was evolution.
4: Your your question about uh, Captain America, the first Captain America. We really wanted to do Captain America as a World War II film. That was considered a risk—a period there'd never been a period piece superhero film. And one of the ideas that we had was to include the Cosmic Cube in it, so that the villain could have all sorts of weapons and 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 uh, you know a, a more science fiction alt-history version of World War II. We then start to build the cube into the into mythology of the other movies and started to realize that a lot of these films required MacGuffins like the Orb in Guardians of the Galaxy or the Scepter in the first Avengers film. And the notion that all of them could be of stone started to come about uh, uh, right around the time um, uh, Joss wrote that little tag in Avengers 1 um but we always knew that if we were going to do any justice to the Infinity Gauntlet storyline there had to be more characters Yeah. so Thanos was never going to be the bad guy in uh, Avengers 2 he was never going to be the bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy um because there weren't enough heroes to fight him
1: for sure um I'm wondering uh what do you think uh I know this Disney Fox deal isn't done. I know you can't talk about it, um, but as a fan, uh, I'm wondering. Like, X Men has this whole established universe over there, which doesn't seem like it could be combined with this universe. How would that work out? Like, it would it have to be rebooted, or like, could it be combined? Like, how? Like, what are your thoughts? I,
4: I honestly, you're right. <laughs> it's not. It's not just not being able to talk about it. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah. It's not they're making. They're still making movies. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, we've been you know, told no uncertainty. Until you get a phone call saying, it's done, you can start thinking about it, we have enough to think about. We have. You made me think about you know Thanos and when we started doing Infinity War. It was about, it was about four years ago, five years ago, where we said we could culminate all of this in the, in the Thanos story, and it would take two movies to do that. Um, and we're still in the
1: midst of that. We're still, we're still in the midst of, of delivering on that. It, it's interesting, too, because <coughs> since Avengers, I feel like all the fans knew that this is where we're eventually going to head. And now that we're in the midst of Infinity War, we have no idea where Marvel's going in the next ten years. So where, where do you think Marvel's going to be ten years from now?
4: Uh, I love that, I love that uh, nobody knows. I love that we're about to release a movie. And we've shot another movie that comes out next year, um, that will put everything in question, and that and that will uh, force people to not take filmmakers and storytellers included, not take anything for granted. Twenty-two movie interconnected narrative. Um, I felt it was very important that there was an ending. A lot of my favorite stories, including Star Wars, which ended up having prequels, ended up having sequels, <laughs> but for a good but for a good twenty-five years. Um, there were three movies. And they were contained and I carried them with me. And Return of the Jedi was a was a finale, great finale to my ten-year-old self. And, yeah. and 22 movies in ten years in with the MCU, it felt like we needed we need to do that. Where it goes from there, further stories of characters who've only had one movie so far and and and, and audiences want to see again, we're gonna we have stories and we have ideas of where that will head. But where an overarching narrative will begin and where what is it what is a Avengers team made up of and who leads movies and who stays on their own in movies and all of that being in question because of the events of of these of this conclusion for the for the first three phases is exactly what we wanted. Is exactly what we, we needed for uh um,
1: the storytelling. Can I ask one yeah. short Go for it. okay uh It's just a nerdy question This is like Totally nerdy question The opening of Black Panther Takes place just months After Howard Stark's death And uh, The opening of Oh sorry You mean in uh, Oakland Yes Yeah Uh, It takes place months After uh, Howard Stark's death Uh, Uh Is there any connection Between the stolen vibranium By Claw And Howard Stark
4: That's a a good question That is a good question (laughs) And as Mas
1: Kanata says (laughs) <laughs> that is a good question Probably for another time, time. <laughs> thank Always you kevin you. and that does it for today's edition of slash film daily ht where can people find more of your work online
2: you can find me every day at slashfilm.com and i'm on twitter at htran ben
1: where can people find more of your work
0: you can find me writing at slashfilm as well you can find me on twitter at ben pears
1: chris where can i find you
3: Uh, Also Slash Film uh, on Twitter at c
1: evangelista 413 You can find me at Slash Film on Twitter, Slash Film.com. All the stories we talked about today linked in the show notes and on Slash Film.com. You can subscribe to this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please, if you have a question, comment, concern, send it to us at peter at slash com, And please go right and review this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow.